What is up, Panther fans? Welcome back to Weekend at Hernie's, your favorite Panthers podcast. I'm Steven Sears, joined always by Chase Pletcher. What's going on, Chase? How you doing today? What's up, man? We are back after a week off. Um, you know, it just felt like it was a much-needed week off. Yeah, we had a little bye week. Uh, I'll, I'll take the blame on that because my eyes were glued to CNN last week for the election. So <laughs> so I, I could not get to the Game Pass or do anything else. I was like laser focused on that. But I've been able to, to free my mind from from the, the, the news and I'm back to watching football and ready to talk some Panthers. Um, we had a pretty fun week, pretty fun game on Sunday against the Chiefs. So excited to talk about that but first we want to get into some little quick news as we always do um McCaffrey back on the injured train with a shoulder injury he sustained at the what was it, like the last drive um yep. on Sunday yeah. I, I blame Teddy for this because if he, <laughs> if he just didn't check it down CMC doesn't get hurt yeah he had to like do that like extra like five yard dive to even get out of bounds so <laughs> ended up hurting his shoulder on that that was a little silly Hopefully it's nothing too serious, but they definitely don't think he'll be playing this week against Tampa Bay. So yeah. something to monitor. Um, maybe this is karma for what happened to Cam. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. we hope he's okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, this isn't – I think – I don't think it's like, you know, the end of CMC or anything. You know, I think anytime a running back slightly gets hurt after getting paid, people kind of think the worst. And I yeah. get that because it has ruined so many people. But, you know, I like to remind people, like, First two years of his career, Dalvin Cook messed with injuries. Remember last year, Alvin Kamara was just not himself mm-hmm. because he was banged up the whole year, and now he's, like, great. Um, so, I mean, I think long-term CMC, he should still be fine, especially because this is his shoulder. You know, it's not like another lower body yeah. injury, but it's still, you know, it adds fuel to that fire where we all kind of were like, well, you know, was the contract uh, necessary? Yep. That is definitely a discussion needs to be had. Hopefully he's okay, as we said. But moving on, Reggie Bonifon with CMC going down. Bonifon is, Ooh. I guess he's back after a little yeah. ankle injury. So hopefully he can spell Mike uh, Mike Davis coming up. And then Jeremy Chin, who missed last week with a knee injury, is a, is a maybe for this Sunday against Tampa Bay. We missed him this week on defense. So hopefully all these guys can get back to full health quickly. Um, don't want any lingering injuries on these young guys. So... Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we definitely missed Chin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so I guess with that, we can go ahead and start talking about this Chiefs game. Um, Panthers went over to Kansas City. This was going to be our uh, our little our little road trip game. We were talking about this earlier in the year, man. Yeah. With Cam versus Mahomes in Kansas City. Obviously, that did not happen. So and COVID. So we watch on the TV. But <laughs> <laughs> Panthers uh, in Kansas City took a close L. 33 to 31. Um, was it closer than you expected it to be? Like, just quick thoughts yeah. on it? It was entirely closer than I expected it to be. You know, I was fully convinced that we were going to get destroyed. Um, and I know it sounds weird because we gave up 33 points, but I really thought, like, the de- okay, don't get me wrong. By league-wide standards, the defense was horrid. But for mm-hmm. our standards, I actually thought the defense could have been worse, especially in the first half. Yeah. yeah, honestly, I mean, I jotted down competent yet, you know, they got exposed on those big plays, but outside of those big plays, I felt like they put up a good fight against a, obviously a really good Kansas City offense. Um, uh, part of that, Mahomes was like kind of slightly sloppy a little bit. Obviously, if you look at the box score stats, he's 
he was amazing, but <laughs> but he definitely missed on some throws, and I think we kind of had him. I wouldn't say we had him rattled, but we were definitely getting off the field and holding them to you know three points. I'm not sure we caused too many punts, but you know <laughs> the score could have been a lot crazier than what than what it is right now. Thirty, it could have been somewhere in the 40s, but I feel like they did a pretty good job, all things considered. Yeah, I, and I think you have to take into account, you know, when evaluating the defense's performance in this game, you have to think about the opponent. Mahomes mm-hmm. has never scored less than 23 points in a game in his career. And so really the formula with Mahomes, and we the best example of this is to look at all three of the games. Uh, is it three? Well, yeah, three or four, I can't remember, that Mahomes has played against the Patriots. And uh, remember in the AFC Championship game, Belichick held him scoreless first half. They end up putting up a ton of points. Same both times they played that year. It's like the best you can hope to do against Mahomes is to kind of slow him down for one half. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say the defense, you know, looked like the still curtain or anything, but I think they slowed him down a little bit enough to where we kind of got out to that lead. And from yep. that point forward, you just have to pray that your offense can keep scoring at the pace that Mahomes is going to come like roaring back with. You're not going to shut down Mahomes for two halves. I mean, the 49ers did it for three quarters in the Super Bowl, and it still wasn't good enough. Yep. Uh, well, they, they yeah they started that first half off pretty much as exactly how you would have wanted to start off because, I mean, they won the coin toss. Typically, you defer that, but obviously they receive thinking we get a lead on the Chiefs, we come out and play good defense. Hopefully, we try to sustain that lead. And it was working because we were up, what, 14-6? to six? So the Chiefs had two, two their yep. first two drives. They went down and we held them the field goals both two times. And then we were able to get touchdowns, so we were up 14-6. And then I want to say the Chiefs scored, and then we went to the half up, what, 17-13 or something? Yeah, 17-13. And then after that, third quarter, we came out blank. We had nothing, and that's kind of just when it all started to go downhill. So uh, as far as as far as far that is concerned, I feel like they did a you know pretty good job. It, they kind of coached this game. I feel like Rule coached this game in a way that he kind of – like knew he had no chance, yep, but yep. he like they like the calls they were making like fake punts and go yeah. for it on like fourth and fifteen. Just like he's just like screw it, like whatever happens okay. happens. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you know, we went for fourth down a couple times, not even including the fake punt. Then we had the fake punt. We had some people thought it was early. I love the call, the uh, onside kick with about mm-hmm. ten minutes to go. Um, I like that call. I thought it was gutsy. I thought it showed that you understand that you're going to have to do something extraordinary to beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I thought rule coach. I thought it was a well coached game. I thought, and I mean, we controlled the time of possession. I'm not a big time of possession guy, but I think when you're playing Mahomes, it's worth at least trying. They did that, um, and we ended up with the ball at the end of the game. And you know, we definitely were a little short on time. Had no timeouts, et cetera, et cetera. You know, maybe one more minute we could have gotten something done, but it is what it is. I mean, they put up their best effort, I'd say, as a whole. Yeah, the time of possession was crazy because we had 38 minutes of their 22. So, and we had the ball last, like you just said. So you expect us to come out of that with the win, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Teddy threw 49 times. We threw 50 times <laughs> if you count, if you count uh, the punter. We threw yeah. 50 times. They only outpassed us by 30 yards. We outrushed them by 70 yards, and we nearly had twice as much time of possession. Mm-hmm. So, like, whatever rules I did of how the best way we could have won this game would be, they probably about did – I don't really see how we could have done better. Yeah. Especially, like, people would, people will say, oh, the defense should have done better. 
obviously, like, in a vacuum, yes. But, like, we know what our defense is. So I'm not going to – it's not that I'm not blaming them. It's that I'm not going to hold them. Like, when I'm evaluating this game, I'm not going to say, oh, well, if you know the defense just would have held them for one more quarter because that's not realistic. Yeah. I mean, when you know – when you're playing the Chiefs, you kind of know that, like, they are likely going to score 30 points. So you yeah. have to you have to aim to get above that. We got 31, so that's good. It just kind of came down to a couple big splash plays. Um Honestly, I guess the one play you can probably like point out on defense was that that um, I wouldn't say if it was long, but the the Tyree Kill touchdown where the, he crossed field, and I guess we were in cover three, and I want to say it was Rosal Douglas on the right side of the field who followed his man across to the left side of the field, and Tyreek ended up being wide open on the right side. So like that right there was just kind of like you know simple mental error and in, in one of those guys, and it, it resorted in a touchdown. So you can say they could have been better there. You just playing the right defense. You have a man there to at least contest Tyreek, and you know force something else to happen. But you know can't really to be too nitpicky about it. But if you want to point something out, I say that would probably be it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I will say one thing: they definitely seem to uh, do a good job against our pass rush, mm-hmm. which kind of had been talked about a lot. Um, but yeah. Yeah. My home seemed like he had like all day for the most part, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely felt like he dropped back and it, the longer the play lasts, especially with Mahomes, you're just like, okay, well, once he lets this ball go, someone's going to be wide open. Yeah. That happened a lot, but so no Jeremy Chin this week. Did you, did you feel like we missed him? Or was it kind of hard to tell going up against this offense? I'm not going to lie. Like I said earlier, we missed him. It Going up against that offense, it's definitely a little bit hard to tell. Yeah. You know, like, believe it or not, like, so many games I watch, and I'm like, bro, like, Trey Boston is ass. Or, like, <laughs> just something like that. And I really didn't feel like that happened this game. I just felt like Mahomes Mahomes us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, we obviously missed him. I'm not going to say we didn't. But when I'm watching, I'm just like – Man, like, what were we going to do? Yeah, right. We had a couple guys step up. I feel like Sam Franklin had a pretty solid yes, game. Yes, he did. Founding um, father, Sam Franklin. There <laughs> yeah. to sign the Declaration of Independence. He's been around a long time. He's an old veteran. And <laughs> old he, rookie. He stepped <laughs> up. <laughs> he yeah, he played up. a pretty good game. Him and, uh, I want to say, Jermaine Carter played some good snaps at linebacker. So Yeah, I think one of the coaches was saying, like, was really singing his praises. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, we would. I think we can all would say we would rather see him instead of number fifty-two. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and the thing with Carter, he sent out enough tweets that it's like eventually, um, we had to see his play show up, and he did. You know, we just see him tweet about it so much. I really wanted to see it on the field. Yeah, honestly, I feel like I didn't even see fifty-two out there that much. I'm in the process of googling the snap counts, but I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see his number tweeted too often. And if he's yeah. on the field, he's gonna get tweeted about because he sucks. So yeah, he's like that bad. Yeah. <laughs> on, let me see if I can. What is this guy's? What is even his name? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I refuse to say it. So you're gonna have to. <laughs> Four, he, fourteen. He only had fourteen snaps. Twenty three percent. Yeah. So, so let's keep it that way. Yeah, it looks like he's got a little. little got a little. We need to have maybe, maybe he's like a gif of like that captain patch getting ripped off him. Like right. that <laughs> show where they're like ripping the chain off. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. 
So something to look out for going at least into this Tampa Bay game, seeing uh, how they line up, maybe get more Carter. Hopefully Chin's okay because we have a stacked offense to go up against, even though they did not play too well against the Saints this week, but we will get to that later. Uh, for now, I guess we can move into the offense. They yeah. had a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, they, they, I mean, they, they did pretty well. Like that first drive lasted ages. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it felt like we were going from like first and ten to second and six to third and two to first down every single yep. time, for all the way up and down the field. But thought they looked pretty good. There's, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, really the only thing we can end up saying is just talking about that last drive and just saying, well, you know, the style of player offense has. I don't know if dink and dunk's the right word, but just kind of possession football um yeah. it comes back to bite you when you're in a time crunch that's yeah. really the best way to put it and it, that's something that's happened pr- for the last like four weeks it seems yeah literally every single like, game when, when you have to when you know when you have a minute and a half or two minutes to go down the field as opposed to 15 minutes at the start of the first quarter it, it the offense it performs a little different has a little bit lower of a success rate but Aside from that, you know, I mean, they they kept up with the Chiefs. I mean, you can't be mad about that. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it a little bit already, but that first half was pretty much, you know, scripted as much as as best as they could have hoped for yeah. to be able to go into halftime with the lead to take up that much time of possession um, and keeping the ball just out of Mahomes' hands for the most part. I feel like that's what you want to do as an offense. Maybe you want a couple plays to go your way in that first half, but, you know, I, I doubt anybody was too upset looking back at it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the offense put up points. I wouldn't say it was insanely efficient. You know, like Teddy barely had six yards per attempt. So it's like, it, I wouldn't. It's hard to say the offense wasn't perfect when they scored thirty-one. Like that's the most. That's tied for the most we scored in a game this year. And so, that's not really the word I want to use. But, I mean, it, it wasn't crazy efficient, but, like, it almost ended up working in our favor that we just had these long, drawn-out drives. Yeah, it was, it was strange. And going back to the whole Teddy thing, you sent the, uh, I guess, his, his passing yeah, his passing chart, and it looked like this man just threw, like, 40 checkdowns, literally. Like, yeah, no, I mean, like, no joke. <laughs> like, he, had, he had 49 throws. Um, only, I think it was eight of them were over seven yards in the air. And now it, the chart took out, I guess, a couple throwaways or spikes, but it was in the mid to high 30s in terms of passes seven yards or less, mm-hmm. which it feels like a lot. Like, I know you can – people will say, like, nitpicking. Like, you can go look at – great example. Look at Aaron Rodgers' pass chart last week. I don't know how many times he threw, but remember he had a great game against the Niners. He only threw over, like, 10 yards maybe four or five times, but, like, three of them were touchdown passes. You yeah. know, and they it's were in control of that game from the start. So it's a little different. I don't think it's nitpicking to like point out that that's a lot of throws under seven yards. Yeah, it, it looks bad. I mean, you can pretty much safely assume that he probably threw 25, 30 actual checkdowns. Yeah, yeah, like. I, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a lot. I mean, it was, he peppered it. Yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, this kind of, it's kind of a thing every week. So it's kind of hard to tell if that's the game plan or if he's just not you know, having time to develop, but something to look for. Something I don't personally don't think that's like winning football, but yeah, it I mean, is what it is. I, I don't because, he, I mean, we even brag on a guy like Drew Brees um, because Drew Brees' jokes are hilarious. Like, don't get me wrong here. Mm-hmm. They are hilarious, and he's washed. But he, <laughs> he throws in that, like, mid-range, I guess you could call it, like the intermediate, 
a lot more often than people think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, like in my opinion, from when I watch, I don't analyze his pass charts, but I feel like he throws in that ten to fifteen yard range a pretty good bit. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's something that Teddy hasn't taken advantage of here of enough this year because believe it or not, that was the one range of the field Kyle Allen was actually pretty good at last year. Yeah, um, true. I, I saw uh, the QB data mine. They they were saying, uh, you know, he was actually solid in the intermediate area, that 11 to 20 yard range. And I feel like, you know, we basically have the same receivers with another three dimensional receiver added. And I definitely feel like there's some room for improvement in the mid range because the mid range is lethal at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. Because it's high percentage throws like short range, but this is un- and unlike deep throws, but they're uh, they obviously are a lot more effective, gaining fifteen yards than five. Yeah, it seemed like the few uh, I guess intermediate or deep throws that he that he threw were, I guess, towards the end of that game, kind of when we had those two crazy drives, and they were they all seemed like pretty bad passes, and they were just getting yeah. reeled in by the receivers. It was honestly insane. Yeah, that, that that Curtis catch was ridiculous. Yeah, Curtis had one, and I think McCaffrey had another one where he, he did. was also like turning back. And I'm just kind of like, what? like, how is this working? Like, <laughs> it's just it's, like this guy's like the luckiest quarterback ever. I just don't really understand. You know, but um, offensively, we marked here CMC. He had 71 percent of snaps, which is actually I know he got hurt, so you know that's that's a different argument. But I thought that's like the perfect amount of snaps. Maybe raise it up a little bit more if you're going to line him up as an actual receiver. Yeah. I don't care yeah. how many times I have to say it. I'm going to speak that into existence. Yeah. I don't have a problem with uh, 71%. Mike Davis had 31%. I would have just kind of liked to see Mike Davis get more touches out of the backfield and McCaffrey yeah. would probably get less. Because, uh, I mean, McCaffrey had 18 carries. Yeah. Mike Davis only had one. And then McCaffrey also tacked on 10 receptions on top of that. So – I still say try not to give him as many touches. I, I, I like the snap count, but just, you know, not as many carries out of the backfield, I would say. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know they paid him all that money. And, like, I absolutely love Christian, so this is not in a negative way at all. But I almost feel like you should aim for every game, probably give or take 15 carries for Christian. Yeah. I almost feel like if you're using him properly as a receiver, as well as – recognizing that you have a competent backup running back, 15 probably could be around that threshold because I don't care about his rushing numbers. I don't care if he went through a whole season and he didn't have a 1,000 rushing yards. I'd still be fine saying he's the best running back in the league. You know, it almost goes back to the stuff with Cam. I couldn't care less if Cam only had 20 pass touchdowns in a season. That's not going to make me think he's not one of the best quarterbacks. Right. It's all about utilizing guys the best way possible. Yeah, I think the big thing with McCaffrey is just like the so obviously we already touched on it, but the checkdowns, ten receptions, just seems like pretty insane for him. Like, yeah, right? and how many of them for, were from actual routes? You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe two. Yeah, yeah. So but, I mean, Kurt, now now Curtis Curtis had himself a day. Kurt Cobald, we this is the moment we've been waiting for. Curtis, hey. Hobbs, stand up. <laughs> hey, hey, Teddy had that nice touchdown pass to him too. Oh, the bomb. Deep ball. <laughs> you, you were you were not you were not happy when you realized that that was going to count as a touchdown pass. I'm like, dude, like, just, just, it, I don't even know, man. It just it just annoys me sometimes. He didn't do anything. Like, that's all Curtis. <laughs> but then he 
people are going to be like, oh, look at Bridgewater with uh, nine touchdown throughs or whatever the hell he has right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, so. no, yeah, Curtis had a great day. Uh, looking at his route tree, he literally did it all over the field. Yeah. He did it on the left side, the right side, short, intermediate. I mean, I guess he didn't have a deep, deep catch, but he really did it about everywhere you could have asked. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, he had a huge day. Really, my only issue with Curtis this year, and I don't really know if it's his issue because he had one of the hottest last year, is his ADOT is so low. His ADOT, you will not believe it, is six. On average, he's getting targeted six yards away from the line of scrimmage. That is crazy for a receiver. It sounds crazy, but after, like, watching this team, it doesn't even – I feel like that's everybody. Yeah, like like, I'm pretty sure either either DJ or Robbie also have one in the single digits. And just for, like, reference – like a guy like a sh- low last year was guys like DJ and Chris Godwin were both in the 10 to 11 yard range because they would get used as screens and in the slot a lot. Mm-hmm. And Curtis's was like like Mike Evans type range. And so yeah. for the big the, the flip flop to be that big is crazy now. I mean he's still having a huge year, so I'm not really complaining, but I still just don't feel like he's being used as properly as he could. Yeah, and maybe that's just new scheme, or maybe that's just Teddy, or maybe that's Brady understanding that Teddy has limitations. But it's yeah. definitely it's definitely weird. Um, but these receivers, I don't, did you see the uh, like the yak stats? Yeah, uh, we we have three. Yeah, all three of our big three receivers are top sixteen in yak. That's no, no, no. it's it's Robbie, Mike Davis, and DJ Moore. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So not even Curtis. Yeah. The three of them are all top sixteen. I don't. I, I, we probably saw the same list. I don't know if you peeped. The only other team with multiple players is the Rams. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So they have Cooper Cup and then Robert Woods. Robert Woods eleven. Cooper Cup is two. We have Robbie and Mike Davis both in the top five at three and five, and then DJ Moore is at sixteen. So these dudes are catching the ball short, and they are going. That's probably three six hundred. That's around like 800 yards of, of yak. <laughs> right. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. That's crazy, dude. And that doesn't even count like what any of our other random guys might have had. Yeah. You know, like it, it adds up. And I mean, it's wild. I mean, it's a good trait to have, right? Like, For sure. Like Brady's definitely designing the offense to be like this. And I mean, props to Teddy. You know, I mean, he definitely hits guys with good timing. But it's still crazy. It's wild. I kind of wonder what like – if, if, if like, quarterback stats were properly counted as if, you know, just air yards per attempt, what Teddy's actual stats will look like. Yeah. Because people keep posting this whole, like, top five and receive and, and throwing yards. Pass, passing yards, throwing yards. That was a weird thing to say. And pa- <laughs> passing yards. This guy stat. definitely watches football. <laughs> the top five and passing yards stats that he's always in it, even though we haven't taken a bye week yet. And the receivers <laughs> and running backs do all the legwork. It's just kind of funny to me, but we'll let them have the fun. I'm not, I'm not knocking it, but it's just kind of something to take note of. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, no, I, d- I definitely agree with you. I'm about to, I'm looking at a uh, intended air yards right now. So yeah, Teddy's pretty low. The only people below him in intended air yards is uh, Andy Dalton, Jimmy G, Kyle Allen, and then obviously Breeze. Breeze the only person even under six. Teddy's at six point seven right now. Um, yeah. Grammy, there's a lot of guys close to Teddy. Like, I mean, like, guys like Cam and Ben are, like, seven flat. You know, Cam's been pretty low. It went up a little bit after the past two weeks, I believe. But Yeah, well, that kind of makes sense because Cam is throwing to basically me and you. 
So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy to me looking at this and then remembering what our offense used to be. So, like, mm-hmm. this year, for example, the three highest people in intended air yards and the only three people in double digits is Drew Locke with 10, Mitch with 10.2, Flacco with 10.3. None of those three have started the full year. To put in perspective, no full-time starters even in double digits. In 2016, Cam's was 11. Damn. 11. Yeah. The only other full-time starter that ever even comes close – these past few years is Jameis. Like Jameis and Jameis was consistently like 10 and a half, but that's Mm -hmm. so crazy to me. That is pretty wild. Actually. I guess that's just, you know, today's game, a lot of it's going to quick, efficient throws. So, yeah. And I mean, once again, like I'm almost just like, like I said, I don't want to even seem like I'm like hating. I'm almost just like, this stuff's interesting to me. I haven't looked at the updated stuff this year. Like, so aggressiveness percentage, um, Teddy's second lowest behind Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, him and him and Nick Mullins are tied for the lowest at nine point eight percent. The what next low aggressiveness. Yeah, aggressive percentage. Basically, it's like how many throws you make where a dude's in like certain amount where a defender's like this close, so yeah. and so close to a receiver. The only the next lowest is eleven with Sam Darnold. Jesus. And, and once again, for perspective, in twenty sixteen. Cam's aggressiveness percentage was 24 and a half. My gosh. One, one out of every four throws he was throwing in, aggressive throw. The only other person higher than him that year was rookie Jared Goff on, like, the worst offense of all time. That's it's crazy insane. seeing the difference between some of this stuff, dude. Yeah. The one with Teddy this year, though, that's honestly, like, not even surprising because I feel like every time a pass gets completed, the receiver is just by himself on an island. Like, yeah. It really seems that way. It's it's yeah. wild. And it's crazy because, like, the game, even from 2016, the whole game in general, not just Teddy, like, quarterbacks in general, it's actually changed a lot, in my opinion, in the past four or five years. Mm-hmm. Like, we're for seeing sure. more than ever, every quarterback, 70% completion percentage. Like, for example, there's a stat, like, average completed air yards. No one's even over eight this year. In 2016, Cam was at eight and a half. Like, Teddy's at 3.4.8. Like, it's just crazy to me how much it feels like the game's changed in a short amount of time. Yeah. Selfie weird. And hopefully uh, it doesn't continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's not my favorite style it. to watch. I'm not going to lie to you. But um, yeah. I guess kind of uh, b- bridging that gap into talking about Teddy a little bit more, you know, thought he had a good game. That that second to last drive was awesome. The fourth down conversion, it was it was great. Yeah. No. Um yeah, besides, like, the last part of the game, he was pretty, you know, basically the same as he is every week. It's getting kind of crazy. But, yeah, that last – that second to last drive was was pretty insane. I remember thinking, like, right before the uh, the fourth down run, I was like – he was playing pretty bad. Or, like, not playing pretty bad, but, like, those – like, that drive started off pretty poorly. And I'm just like – I remember sending a text to my family. I'm like, what is this guy doing right now? And he bursts off this, like, fourth and long run, and I'm like, okay. like, <laughs> and, then he, and then he completes, like, two wild throws, and I'm just like, what is happening? Like, this is insane. But, uh, yeah. I, I thought he was about to have his moment. Like, it all seems so crazy that they actually went down and scored there. I was like, bro, like, this is about to be his moment. Yeah, it didn't seem that way. And then he came out on the final drive and just had no – idea of what time management is and we and we lost the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean it it um 
Oh god, like it just it's the same thing every week. Like we just have some chance to win it. Now some have been more some chances to win it have been more improbable than others. Mm-hmm. Like uh but I don't know. I mean, I really thought I like I think the first play of that drive, yeah, the first play of that drive, he completed a 9-yard pass to Curtis. And I was like, "Yo, they're about to do this. Like we get to the 50, like we got this." Not yeah. the 50 to 40. So I really thought they was about to do it after that first play. Then he just kind of resorted. He did about three or four check downy type throws. Two of them to Christian, two of them to Mike Davis. Now on one of them there was some pressure he had to get rid of it, even though there maybe was room for an anticipation throw. But two other ones, I really feel like if he just would hang around in the pocket a tad bit more. You know how sometimes uh Cam would like really just hang in that middle of the pocket as long as he could to a fault. Mm-hmm. I think if he would have done that a couple times he would have realized somebody was like wide open. Um, yeah. Or at least close, you know, at least yeah. fitting the ball in there. Right. And I mean one of the one of the checkdowns to Mike Davis. Now and one thing, side note, Mike Davis had no clue like what out of bounds was. Yeah. Like, he didn't <laughs> understand that, that was supposed to happen. But um he like Teddy he uh what was I gonna say? Oh, crap. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, one of the times he didn't even look to the other side of the field. From the snap to the throw, and it wasn't like a super quick throw. It was probably at least three-plus seconds. He just looked at the same side of the field the whole time. His eyes did not move. And I was just like, dude, like, come on. Yeah. Like, take a chance for us, please. Yeah. this It's that aggressiveness that, man. He just does not take any type of chance. And I feel like when the game is on the line, you have to. I mean, like you're playing the Chiefs, the Super Bowl defending champion. So while they didn't yep. look like world beaters on Sunday, like, you know, yep. it, I think it was pretty clear when I was rewatching the game that, like, when it came down to that final drive, like, they knew what they were doing. And, like, they know that he's not going to take, like, any crazy chances. So they had it pretty, like, well covered. But, yep. like, if you're if there's ever a time where you're just going to hang around and, like, just wait until the last second for something to develop, like, now's that time. Like, you don't want to yep. just check it down. And, like, yeah, Mike Davis, like, had no idea where he was at, but like he shouldn't, <laughs> he shouldn't have gotten the ball. Like there's, we had no timeouts. We're trying to move the ball downfield. You have to like take a shot, right? Like bro, def- like that dude, Mike Davis probably did not think there was a chance in hell he was getting the ball thrown to him. No, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so he just got it. And he was just flustered as could be. But um, but no, you're right. Like if the game was tied, it actually would be a little bit different of a story because you certainly yeah, yeah, yeah. don't want to risk turning it over. But like if there's ever going to be a time where you're just aggressive as hell and no one's going to be mad if you throw a pick, it's then. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know. Maybe he's just – I don't know. Maybe he just gets rattled in, in, in the crunch time. I, I have no idea. That's what it seems like to me because right. this is the only time I've really watched him. But yeah. Well, I mean, so a single game, it's almost like like the final two minutes of a game is almost like a microcosm of uh, like the regular season and playoffs. Because that's one thing we always talk about with Drew Brees and the Saints. Why does their offense fall off in the playoffs? It's because their their style these past couple of years since Drew's, Drew's arm has kind of died down is hammering the short stuff. And in the playoffs, for whatever reason, it just doesn't work. And it's almost mm-hmm. the same thing if you look at a 60-minute NFL game. But this stuff you've been doing all game is awesome. Like, the Panthers' offense is great. I'm not going to deny that. They move yep. the ball well with Teddy, very well. They rarely ever get three and outs. But it's just when it gets to the end of the game, it just doesn't work for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just when you when you want to have a guy that's just willing to take a chance. Right. I almost, 
Do you watch bobsledding at all, Steve? Because I don't. But do you know no. what bobsledding is? Uh, that's the the snow one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's like a four man bobsled, and I used to watch like the Winter Olympics growing up, and I would be like, it makes sense. That, like the person in the front, I'm sure they do something important. The person in the back, I'm sure they do something important. But I always sat there like, are like the second and third person just like along for the ride? Like, what the mm-hmm. hell could they really be doing? And I kind of think Teddy is like the second or third guy on a bobsled team. But he's placed into the role of the fourth guy on a bobsled team. It's yeah. like like the second and third guy, I'm sure, you know, they put, you know, they, they do what they need to do. They probably help steer when they need to. But I feel like the first and the fourth guy are really the superstars. And I feel like we're like trying to make Teddy beat like the fourth guy on the bobsled team. Or like we think he's the fourth guy on the bobsled team when really he's the third guy on the bobsled team. Yeah, well, some people think he's the first guy on the bobsled team. <laughs> I, well, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he is literally like the perfect backup. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you ever have your starter go down, he is like the guy you want to come in because he's exactly. not going to make mistakes and he's going to have you position to win every single game. But right. like, I I don't know. He's just missing that one thing. Yeah, exactly. Like that third guy. I'm sure he helped steer like. He he helps write the course on that ship as it's sliding down the ice for the mm-hmm. Slovenians. But <laughs> but I doubt like the Slovenian bobsled team wants their third and their fourth guy to switch places. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so I mean nothing better than a good old bobsled talk. But anyway, so that's kind of how I like to view it. That makes sense. Honestly, like I, I don't know what you were talking about, but I know exactly yeah. what you were talking about. Like it made sense to me. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, go like watch the bobsled film, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Because you'll be watching it, and you're gonna be like, "What the hell are these dudes in the middle doing?" Like I'm convinced I could go just be like the second guy on the bobsled team. You're just you could, chilling. Have, a, you could have a medal. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Well. But yeah. Anyways, yeah. moving on from the game. Is there anything else you want to point out? No, um, it was a good game. We did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, they, you know, I, I'm tired of moral victories, but, you know, if there was ever yeah, a moral uh, victory, this um, would be the game. No, yeah, that's probably the most irritating part, to be honest, is the whole moral victories thing. Because literally every week it's like, oh, man, we played pretty good against those guys. It's like, yeah, and, you know, and, like, while I, obviously I am not in, like, you know, I'm not hunting for wins as we as right. we probably all know by now. But like, I just I just don't want to like get into that into that talk where I'm just like, yeah, I mean, that was just a great moral victory. Like, I I don't want to be that person. So right, yeah, you yeah, know. Um, but you know, around the last rest of the league from last week, um, the Saints laid it on the Bucks. Yeah, that was did. a beatdown. I think we can finally understand why. I and so many others kept insisting the Saints are going to win the division. They just yeah. are. Yeah, um, they they put on a whooping. It was it, it was like fourteen to nothing. I went to take a shower, came out, it was thirty one nothing. I was like, <laughs> what the, what the hell happened? <laughs> but yeah, they got smacked. Antonio Brown's first game with the Bucks too. Man, it <laughs> might be a curse. I don't know. Yo, it's on. Um, this is a side note. It'd be crazy. People are like people keep reporting the Hornets are seriously interested in trading for Russ. That's crazy. Wait, like actual people are reporting? Like yes, dude. Like people are like, paid with blue check marks. Le- Legion hoops Ross. 
Hoop Central, they're all tweeting about it. Wouldn't that be wild? But what are we gonna do with him? That's just another podcast. Let's not dive in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just want to throw that one in there. I just saw it pop on my phone. But um, then the Falcons they managed to win again. Yeah, they squeeze out a win. They we almost blew another lead. But. Yeah, we are now fourth in the division, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of all gone downhill since the Panthers tweet out that like hype video, and we were like, <laughs> they're like, oh, oh, y'all, so many doubted us. It kind of reminds me of that Timberwolves tweet. You yeah, know the Timberwolves tweet. I know yeah, that's kind of what that was like. Yeah, no, we have put the Falcons winning. We have now fallen to fourth in the division, which you know, honestly, is I feel like is where most of us expected us to be. Uh, right. Looking at the schedule, I'm, I'm not too surprised, but it's just pretty hilarious because everybody was like, "Man, Falcons might be in Trevor Lawrence range, and Panthers no. probably might. Panthers might make the playoffs." Someone probably somewhere said that, and now here we are on the brink. We have to play the Bucks now. Likely going to be three and seven, but yeah, it's just funny how that works out. Oh, definitely. Um, another thing, uh, I hate that it had to be so close, but I mean, the Patriots finally won a game. For the first time since September. Um, and, I mean, they didn't look good, but Cam and Jacoby Myers look good. Cam looked good, and that's all I really care about. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, let's be honest here. That's the only reason we're talking about the Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, he, looked, he looked pretty good. He had a good game. Um, he definitely looks healthy, which is good. Those, those few weeks after COVID were kind of right. – I was getting a little scared if he was still injured again. But he, he looks good. Um carrying the team again the past couple of weeks. They got a loss last week, but bounced back this week with a win over the Jets. Who honestly, I mean, Flacco came out and he was just gunslinging and the Patriots defense looked absolutely horrible. That man looked like Dan Marino. <laughs> he, he had three he had three touchdowns of over twenty air yards. Yeah, no, he was he was balling. Yeah. It was wild. Um but yeah, I guess, you know, we can kind of segue. So the Jets clearly are going to lose every game they play in this year. Um Terms of you know, kind of tank watch, looking how things go. I think things are looking up for the Panthers. Um, yeah, I I say at best this at best I think we finish five and eleven. When you look at our schedule, we have seven games left. I'm chalking up Tampa. Crazier things have happened. I'm chalking up Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and um, New Orleans as losses. So we're down to four mm-hmm. games: Minnesota, Washington, Detroit, and Denver. I don't think those teams are great, but I also don't think we are good enough to guarantee we're going to win all those. I say we go about two and two in those. Puts us at five and eleven. Last year, five and ele- three teams were five and eleven, and it was picks five through seven. Mm-hmm. So if we fall in that range, we will be able to draft at least quarterback four. Yeah, I, I think it's it's probably pretty certain that the Jets and likely the Jags are going to be Lawrence Fields, either one or two, whichever way they fall. But, uh, I mean, after that, you're kind of – you have some teams that have young quarterbacks, so we could bank on them still trusting them. Like maybe maybe Danny Dimes convinces the Giants that he deserves another year or Washington. Right. Well, Washington has given up on Haskins. I don't know what they did – what he did to make them so angry at him. But no, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, you know, I don't think Haskins is good. I think he's probably – about the same level as Daniel Jones. Like that's mm-hmm. like that, that seems like a lazy comparison because they got came out the same year. But they're probably about the same. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like if Daniel Jones can get another shot, then Haskins could probably get another shot. But right. it seems like Washington is completely left that in, in the dust, unless like he somehow gets put in the start. I mean, Kyle Allen got hurt, 
and you have Alex Smith now. So, like, I, I don't know if Ron was just like, oh, like this guy's gonna be just like Cam Newton or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know if Ron was confused on what Haskins was supposed to be or. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, but, but so yeah, we have uh, we have those two Miami. Well, they have Tua, Chargers, yeah. Herbert, Cincinnati, Burrow, and then us right now. So really, just Giants and Washington. I mean, we're definitely in QB three and four range. I would say right. Like I would if if we're picking seven or earlier, I would bet a lot of money that at least either Wilson or Lance would be there. Both of which mm-hmm. I'd be fine with. Like, yeah. literally more than fine with. I love Zach Wilson. And I haven't got to watch Lance quite as much, but obviously I think he's good. Yeah, they both have the tools. And they're both guys that we could probably, you know, still roll with Teddy for another year or at least yeah, like, I, I, I year. Yeah, like that's something that we could, you know, reasonably do. And then next year – or not next year, but 2022 is when we start to phase those that younger guy in and – you know, let Teddy take his backup reins, which he's, you know, he's destined to do. So, <laughs> yeah, something something to watch for. Uh, we're definitely in, in quarter, back in quarterback range. I, I don't think we ever realistically left it, but, yeah, here oh, we are. Oh, well, let Panther fans tell it, and they'll, they'll tell you we weren't. We did leave it. But, yeah, um, I refuse to listen to them. <laughs> but um, I guess it's uh, – I guess we can probably move on to Tampa Bay now. Um, yeah. So, Tampa. you know – as everyone knows, this is our first repeat. No, we already played the Falcons twice. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Please stop listening to me. Um, <laughs> but we lost to them in week two. When we've both talked about this multiple times, they looked sloppy. Yeah. They, yeah, they looked pretty bad week two. Um, and they still won 31-17. to 17, So whew, I feel like we have a we have a work cut out for us. Um, especially, they just came off a whoop into the Saints. So I didn't in week one. Week one, they got whooped by the Saints, and they came out and beat us in week two. Is that yeah, not what happened? <laughs> so I, it could be for, for Yo, a literal deja vu. Huh? Crazier thing, week two, not only did both of those things happen after week one, Cam also played on Sunday Night Football week two. Guess who plays on Sunday Night Football this week? Wow. They got the, they got the Patriots back on Sunday Night Football? Who they play? Yeah, they're playing the Ravens. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Cam can show Lamar who daddy is. Uh, yeah, let's hope. Uh, <laughs> the Ravens about to run all over him, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, we do get we got the Bucks again. And I mean, if anything, we're I feel like if there's ever a time they're gonna have their A game, it'll be this week. Yeah, uh, yeah, Tampa Bay A game. Tom is probably pissed off as always after loss, and this we're gonna get Antonio for the first time. He had, he had three catches in that uh, in this game. Obviously, they got blown out, so it didn't really matter, but. We second game with Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. Godwin didn't play the first time. Is that right? Or am I? He did not. He did not. Yeah. So that's a whole thing we got to deal with. Um, hopefully, we have Jeremy Chin. I, I don't know if it'll help too much, but <laughs> hopefully, he's yeah. out there to make up for some some losses. Definitely. Um. I uh. Yeah. I definitely don't feel great about it. Like I know there's been multiple times this year I said we were going to get blown out. Like, we both said it at the Cardinals game and that we ended up blowing them out. Um, yeah. We both said it at some point about the Chiefs, even though we didn't do it last – like, podcast last week. But um, mm-hmm. I think – I feel like if we're ever going to, it would probably be this week. One, I don't see Brady losing two in a row, especially to a team like us. 
Um, yeah. Two, it's like I don't know. I think their defense is pretty good. Like that's they had, they forced three turnovers last time we played them, um, and maybe four because didn't Robbie fumble that game or something? That sounds right. Because I know Teddy fumbled and threw pit two picks. I want to say like I feel like I remember there's one other like turnover we had, but that's, that sounds I, right. I almost could just see us losing like thirty five to like thirteen. Or so, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it could be bad. I mean, the defense. This is probably, you know, we talked about them earlier in the year, especially when we talked when we played the Bears. Those two teams are probably the best two defenses, I would say. You know, just yeah. kind of spitballing the top of my head. So, I don't really expect us to do a whole lot, honestly. Um, this is gonna be a really tough game for us. I, I feel like if anything, it'll look like that Bears game, but with the, uh, you know way more competent Bucks offense this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, there will be more in sync. Um, now I suppose there still is a chance, like, we could win. Like, oh, I don't yeah. – the Bucks are so talented, but they certainly are not unbeatable. Like, I think they're the type of team that could get upset by anybody. I mean, with even decent quarterback play, the Giants would have beat them on Monday Night Football last week. Yeah. So, I wouldn't say, like, it's a guaranteed loss, but I'm saying there's definitely a chance that this one can be get ugly. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we're kind of falling on the on the wrong end of the the spectrum this week for for the Bucks because, like you said, that Giants win was a sloppy win, and then they come out and get blown out by the Saints. And so, I feel like Tom's not the kind of guy to take uh, take teams lightly, and I'm sure he's letting everybody else know that in practice. And you know, we're I mean, we're a team that they've already played, you know, division rival as well. So that's a statement in its own. And on top of that, we. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But, <clears throat> yeah, I would probably say as well, I'd probably be looking at like 34. I'll give us 20, a little, maybe like a little garbage time touchdown or something. But Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Like, that's probably what my prediction for it will be. Um, it's going to be crazy if, like, we somehow manage to – like lose string together some more losses. Like we'll be, we could be staring at like an eight game losing streak for like the third year in a row. Yeah. Which sucks in its own right. But honestly, this is the year that like I would expect it to happen. So yeah. I'm definitely at the point where like, I don't care. Like <laughs> yeah. it sounds messed up, but you know what I mean? I mean, we're at, we're at four right now, right? Yeah. One, two, three, four. We got Bucks. That's a loss. Or I mean, we expect it to be a loss. That's five. And then we have Detroit and the Vikings. So I mean, oh, and then the Broncos. I mean, that's three winnable games. So we'll see what happens. But and, and then I think we finish with what Packers football team Saints. Saints, yeah. So yeah, we're in for a little roller coaster of a of a, of a finish. Um, we'll see how it plays out. But I guess we got our predictions in. I guess that's about it. You want to just wrap this up? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's about everything, honestly. All right, cool. Well, that was uh, Weekend at Hernies, episode 10. We're back this week covering the Chiefs, uh, a little around the league and previewing the Bucks. But we'll be back next week for sure. Um, I will no, no CNN to stop me. <laughs> so we'll be back next week. Uh, for now, just follow us on Twitter at Steve's Tweets underscore and at Chase Pletcher 4 And we'll catch you on next week. Peace. See you.